Hey, super friends. My name is Neil. My name is Martin. And we are the hosts of the Get Your Comic Con podcast. We are here fortnightly-ish to bring you a slice of film, TV, comic book, and pop culture goodness from our studio to your speakers. You can pick up our podcast on all major platforms or head to our website, www.getyourcomicon.co.uk for more. Mike. Camera. Action. Oh my god. What? What is it? What's going on? Welcome back to The Filmography, the show dedicated to watching every credited film from an actor's complete back catalogue, from past debut through to present day in chronological order. Each episode, I'm joined by an esteemed guest to watch and discuss the next entry from the Focus Filmography and consider how it ranks them as their career and whether we can trace any typecasting trends or topic traits or theatrical ticks. For episode 10, I'm joined by Femon film aficionado Rhea Carrigan to discuss the 10th big screen appearance of the state in Cellular. <laughs> we watch you listen and hopefully watch along too so Rhea, thank you so much for agreeing to appear on the show to discuss this tight 84 minute concept driven thriller starring the state in a rare villain role yes thank you i did not mean to laugh during your intro then i took no, off but I mean... ready to start talking but for some reason when you said the film i t- it just happened so i do apologize for it is pretty laughable to be fair it is it is a film that exists mm. it is is 10 years after speed and worse mm. than speed <laughs> well yeah 10 times worse than speed i would yeah. say it's probably about fair it's, it has... all, it's like a spiritual it's, there's mm. a spiritual thread there but um it's it not... seems to be fairly well regarded but i think that must be people you know nostalgic wise thinking about it when they were younger it doesn't you yeah. know it's not too badly rated across the world but what i've seen but um we'll get into <laughs> we'll get into some of the reasons why it might not quite hold up as we go, because um, I think I remember, I remember thinking it was all right. 
I remember really enjoying it. And I don't know if that's because of Chris Evans mm-hmm. or because I, you know, I watched it because Chris Evans. Mm. Um, or like it is just stupid, fun, switch your brain off. Considering it's not very long, it is overlong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It needs to finish a lot sooner than it does. But yeah, I remember watching it and enjoying it this time. I think I've only ever seen it three times. So I've definitely seen it with you. We saw it together. That's mm-hmm. the first time I saw it. And then I watched it again because Chris Evans. And then so this is the this is but a very long time ago. And this is the time I've watched it most recently and had to pay for it, which was <laughs> on reflection. <laughs> I've been doing my little um, CX has been my my mecca through this mm. uh, filmography rewatch recently because I'm just finding them all for like a quid or a couple of quid and you don't mind That's paying that out. out. So I think Cellular was only a quid. So like it's not the end of the world. Whether I'll get watched again, I'm not sure. I love a CEX. Mm. Although <laughs> you are supposed to say sex, aren't you? But this is weird. Yeah, I can't. I can't. And we we sold some stuff there recently. Boring life admin, and they didn't say sex, they said CEX. Mm, so, it's just in the adverts. Yeah. Mm. All right. Entice you in. So you've seen Cellular before. <laughs> yeah. <Lucky> you. <laughs> oh, what um, a film. What about the safe then? Let's talk about the safe for a little bit. Yes. How many states do you reckon you've seen? So I did top this up, but forgot mm. to write it down, which isn't helpful. I did do it this morning, last thing. So I reckon I've seen. I've seen a lot of his mm. films, which mm. I did not realise. So I've well, seen... Well, we would have watched a lot together, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot. I'm counting. This the is sound terrible. of an a adult lot. counting. I know. So I've seen all of the Transporters, all of the Cranks, most of the Expendables, um, Spy, which is... I mean, I cannot wait for us to start, start talking about Spy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, in all of him and Guy Ritchie, Ghost of Mars... <laughs> Ghost of Mars I have unfortunately seen the one Mean Machine all the ones you've talked about so far mm-hmm. I've seen um, always forget that he's in Collateral uh, <laughs> I have also unfortunately seen London with both Chris Evans yeah, yeah, and yeah. Jason Statham and that is Tony Farina the sucker signed up for that one did he? oh Tony bless you <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> I mean, I in my head, I have it that they had such a fun time together on Cellular, they went, let's do a film mm. together. Mm. But I don't know if that's actually how it worked out. And I don't know why they both went, this will be good for our careers. Well, uh, it's three of them, isn't it? Because it's Beale and Evans and yes, they yeah. were all in London, aren't they? So, yeah, yeah, I think there must be something about the vibe on this set to the vibe on London set. But I don't imagine it was the same by the time they got there. No, and they did seem to have a grand old time in this film, I will hmm. say. Yeah. I imagine this was probably a hell of a lot of fun to film. Yeah. When you look at people behind the scenes on it and you look at the kind of young up-and-coming cast and the nature of the film when they've all gone to stunt school and done all the, you know, done all the driving and all that kind of stuff, it's probably wicked. Yeah, like, and I and I do feel, apart from poor Kim Basekner, mm. they all did have a grand old time hanging out at the beach. Mm. Um, and there's some, there are a few moments when the staff is on screen mm. and he's doing some great sort of eye rolly little smile things. I'm like, he is really enjoying himself. Mm. Like he's so. I don't like him being the villain. I don't mm-hmm. think he works as a villain. I think there's 
I know he's like this hard man type thing, but I do think there's a soft side from which mm. we definitely start to see later in his career and come back again. Spy. I'm, I'm just influenced by Spy, which is my favorite film that he is in. I just adore him in this film. And I think he, in that film, in Spy. And I think we like there's there's some of him coming soon mm-hmm. in, in Cellular, which I really like. He does like some cheeky little half smiles and things mm. like that. And I thought, even though I don't like him as a villain, he is there are moments where I can see a bit of his comedy, a bit of him coming through a bit of his charmingness, which is why I think charmingness isn't a word, is it? Which is why I don't think he works necessarily as a villain. Mm. He's definitely found his confidence now. I think he, Mm. he's past his like, can I be an actor stage? He's had the transporter. That's the thing which has elevated him up. He's been in a Michael Mann film starring with Tom Cruise for a minute, but yeah, he's definitely like, he knows who he is now and he's about to like really kick off with Transporter yeah. 2 and yeah because that's just after this isn't it yeah. so it's Transporter a couple of years before this yeah hold on yeah yeah so Transporter 2002 Celia 2004 and then Transporter 2 2005 so yeah he knows he's got some <clears> stuff <throat> in the bag yeah so I think yeah and I uh, it's interesting you don't don't like him as well and I thought he was probably the other than Chris Evans, I think him and Chris Evans are probably the two best things in this. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the state actually has some menace and some presence as the, the lead villain. It does help that everyone around him, like all his little minions, <laughs> his flunkies, they have, I, I couldn't tell you what any of them looked like. If any of them had a name, what they did. A couple of them, I think, maybe had like a like white rapper gangster chains. Yeah. But like... They're so totally nondescript and, and a complete vacuum of charisma. I think that helps. <laughs> yeah, I'd look charismatic compared to them. Yeah. But see, so he's so. I mean, should we, should we just do you want to start talking about the film or his yeah. performance? Let's, yeah. Well, let's go where it goes. <laughs> we'll explain okay, the film as we fine. go. It's not okay, that hard so to, get, to get. It's not that hard to get. So I think when he is first introduced, Mm. he is quite menacing. There's a scene, so basically people break into Kim Basinger's house. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's called Jessica. Kidnap her. She doesn't know why. Take her to this weird abandoned house. Which, why did they not check out anything about this house beforehand? Why is it only when he gets in the attic that Mm. he's like, oh, there's a phone? I mean, I think there are some, I agree. And I think there's, I didn't mean to interrupt, sorry. I think there is like big, there is like plot hole stuff like that in there. But I think when the twist, oh, what a twist, yeah. comes later, that does kind of explain because they're not experienced at what they're doing. So maybe that's why. Maybe, yeah. I mean, and obviously the film wouldn't exist if that didn't happen. Mm. But he comes in and he he does like the whole Jason Statham thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm from yeah. LA, London. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously we'll talk about the accent. There's a bit of, he gets a belt. Is it a belt and mm. puts it around Kim Basinger's neck? And I was like, wow, that is actually because this film isn't like it's not a. Uh, it's not fifteen or anything. Like a fifteen? Trial, no, I, I don't think yeah. it is. Yeah, and I was like, that's incredibly violent mm. and you know, like sexual violence mm-hmm. as well. Even though he doesn't do anything sexual, you know, anything around the neck tends to have those sort of connotations. I was like, that's pretty violent for. Mm what is basically a fun adventure romp because we know he's not going to smash her in with the mallet. Yeah. So we'll it's talk like, about the tone dark. as well, I think, because the tone is all over the place. I agree. Like that's a really, and I read about it after watching that 
that scene wasn't improvised. Obviously, they knew it was going to happen. But she asked him to surprise her with how he was going to threaten her. So she didn't know he was going to have the belt and put it around her neck and all this kind of stuff, if these oh, wow. rumors are to be believed. So some of the like reaction from her is quite like an alien, I suppose. Like when they mm. didn't tell the actor, they knew the act- actors knew what was going to happen, but not fully. So mm. some of that surprise was real. I think that it was a similar thing here that some of her surprise, some of her reaction was somewhat in the moment, which makes sense because it is the best bit of acting Kim Bassinger does in this whole movie because she oh, is. God. She's fucking shit in this film. She's so sh- she's only been hired for her voice, right? Because her voice is amazing. Sure. Her voice on the and phone. And she's beautiful, because let's be honest, yeah. there were no teachers that looked like that when we went to school. <laughs> I love that she's a teacher. There's no teachers now currently working, trust me, from you know, from where from, from my normal life. There are no teachers that look like her passenger. Uh... Passenger, passenger, I'm not sure. But um <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I, um... I find her voice really annoying in this. I'm Do so you? breathless and I'm on the phone. <laughs> oh, Chris Evans, help me, please. Can you help me? Why is she always out of breath? She's only sitting down. She's not... Ryan, Ryan, are you there, Ryan? Just constantly. It's like, I mean, Ryan's got more patience than I Yeah, right. Do. Which I know is a con- kind of the concept. It's the but, point. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd I, still yeah, just I like... thought she was awful. I was really surprised. And she got like a nominated for an award by the Saturn Awards and stuff. No. So I don't know what film they were watching. Wow, that is. I mean, although compared to poor Jessica Beale, who gets mm. such a thankless role, yeah. Like, why does Ryan like her? No, exactly. Yeah, although I guess it helps establish because his mate, um, Chad, I think, which is a perfectly yeah, picked name, classic, because he is a complete Chad. He is yeah. a he's a complete douchebag, isn't he? So I think they were, they were trying to establish at the start, weren't they? Like how kind of vacuous and douchey and I can't think of the right word like entourage boys basically yeah. they were at the start to show that his character growth by the end of the movie right so much character growth <laughs> it's, I mean, considering you say that they try to establish he has a character at the start I mean they don't they spend like two mm. two seconds and it's his ex-girlfriend telling mm. him he's unreliable and all of these sort of things and like <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's all the all that we get. And then he's a bit of an arsehole on the phone mm. to Kim Basinger. What's her name? Jessica, Jessica when she yeah, first Jessica, calls. Yeah. And that's it. And then he's a hero. Like, mm. that's his entire character development. I mean, where where is some sort of backstory about why he can drive cars like that or how mm. he knows how to use a gun and all of that sort of shit? There's, like, none. No, there's none. It's a completely vacuous movie in yeah. that way. Which, as you know, that comparison to speed is really interesting. There's another comparison I want to make later of a film that I know you used to like. But you're right, Jack Traver and Keanu Reeves in Speed, because we get that first segment where they save the people in the lift, we know everything about him. We know that he's cocky, but that he is actually really good at his job. We know that he'll put other people before himself every time. We know that he'll push what is acceptable of what a cop should do and what what risks they should take. We know all of this about Jack Traver before we even get to that main mission. Here we know, yeah. Chris Evans looks really good without his top on. Oh, yeah. He's a bit of a layabout surfer dude, douchebag guy. And he still likes Jessica Biel, understandably so. I mean, their babies would be too good looking. <laughs> There's such a thing as too good looking. Imagine it's Jessica Biel and Chris Evans having babies. That is ridiculous. I mean, it could have happened, couldn't it? So they dated. So, mm. you know, could have happened, but it didn't. No. Instead, she turned into an anti-vaxxer and 
had babies with Justin Timberlake. Mm. I didn't know that about her. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah, it is a real shame, isn't it? Well, she's not. That's not what we're here to talk about. Let's move on. No. I mean, although it's probably more interesting than yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, probably. But but uh, but kept speaking of chemistry because I I feel like poor Chris Evans and Jessica Biel have no time to have any chemistry on the mm. screen together. So when it comes to the end, and she's like she's a nobody, and she looks at I'm like, dude, don't look at it's clearly a whole thing going on. Yeah, and made no sense in the moment. Like there's no way this yeah. guy's going to believe what you just said. You just used your name. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just, yeah, it's stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, her so they character have no chemistry. No, they don't. No, not. She's so pointless. She's just there as sort of like random female mm. fodder as a slight motivation. From because she's not even the motivation no. for him. No. The motivation is the random woman who calls him on the phone saying, "I've been yeah. kidnapped. Don't let them kidnap my son." Let's do the right like, thing, isn't it? That's the motivation. Yeah. So it's so pointless. And then there's sort of no chemistry between him and Jessica. Funnily enough, because they're just on a phone. Mm. And then I do feel like there's a little bit of chemistry between him and Jason Statham. Mm. And I wish they had more time together. Mm. I wish it had been like speed in sort of like, you know, they the, the calls had been crossed or ever a bit earlier. So mm-hmm. they had a bit of back and forth rather than towards the end. I feel like that would have been a lot more interesting. And I'm going to use the word for this film, which I never thought I'd say compelling mm-hmm. um, than, than what actually happens. But it feels like it comes so late in in a short film mm. and then we get like the muddiness of of the other of William H Macy being being the cop and his weird thing his like the day spa with his wife yeah yeah because he's the day spa and all of this sort of stuff but I'm just sort of like where where is any of the chemistry like mm. there is you know I just need something because they're not really rooting for anybody mm. no, apart from agreed. Chris Evans because he's Chris Evans mm. Yeah, this for, for for all the faults of this film, this must be one of the ones which put him on a path to being the leading mm. man that he is now. Because yeah, the role is completely paper thin, mm-hmm. but he brings a lot to it. Just has natural charisma, doesn't he? Just on the screen, like you can't take your eyes off him. And I like, I do like this idea. I keep coming back to it with the stage movies at the moment. That whether it's driven by the stage in this movie or whether it was a decision was made in pre-production or what but it's nice to see chris evans doing the car stunts i know what you yeah. said we need backstory for how he can do all this cool driving stuff but seeing him do it is really rewarding yeah absolutely i think he's great in this film and mm. I, I do think him and jason statham are the best things in this film mm. which is why i probably wanted to have a bit more of them together and i toast like i totally get why this launched him more as an action person although I think roles after this he actually sort of stepped back from them a little bit didn't he, he tried to do he did sort of um a uh, loss of a pearl earring or or teardrop diamond or whatever it is that film um I'm mixing some films up there um and tried to do some sort of more independent type mm. films but yeah like he's clearly an action star mm. in when you watch this film you get it and you know he's got charisma you can't stop watching him and not just because of like that they constantly frame his eyes like they are the bluest eyes you've mm-hmm. ever seen in the world. Um, there's definitely, and you get the the tone <laughs> she talks about. Mm. You, you, but you do allow him. He he's allowed to have a bit more humour mm-hmm. in this. I think that works better than say sort of like uh, Fantastic Four type 
mm. stuff. Like weirdly, I think actually some of the bits where he's a bit more humble and is like, oh, sorry, I don't mean to be stealing your car and things like that actually works a bit more better than when he's being his smarmy mm. uh, sort of... Johnny Storm. You're hot, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hate it. Hate it. Mm. All right, so for those that haven't seen Cellular, you did say, let's do the plot, and I was like, nah, let's oh, yeah, talk about sorry. it. But no, you're absolutely... I mean, we don't need to do much more, but I think the, the key thing we haven't discussed, which you have hinted at, is that fact that when she's kidnapped and put into like the loft, isn't she, of this building, mm. there is a phone. There's a hard, um, hard line... I don't know what, what, what my word is nowadays. Does anyone have one of these anymore? Like a, a, a plug-in phone. Plug phone for the house, right? And Statham smashes it, doesn't he? And then what she does is connects the wires back together and then just whatever random number it calls. I'm not sure if this works technology-wise, but it doesn't really matter. And that's the whole concept, isn't it? As she said, like she's then on the phone to Chris Evans and she can only stay on the phone to him because if it cuts out, she doesn't know she can get him back again. And mm-hmm. quite quickly he comes to believe what's going on. And that is the scene you were talking about because he he hears Statham threatening her, doesn't he, over the phone line. I did think it was a really interesting decision. Like, A, making her a teacher was... I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Well, she's one, a science teacher, so she can teacher. do the phone. Well, so yeah, exactly. Why? Well, that makes no sense, does it? Like, well, that's what I thought, but I think that's what they were reaching for. Well, because she says I'm a biology teacher, right? Which makes sense mm. for later when the thug comes to threaten her and she nicks his artery and then he yes, bleeds out really quickly. That, yeah. It works for that. But I like I don't know why biology teacher would know electronics. If somebody smashed a phone, a landline phone, mm. for you, would you be able to wire? I, I mean if I can clue what I'm doing. I would probably let you kill myself. Say, <laughs> I will say the wires were the same colours. So I would just put like the yellow with the yellow and the blue mm. with the blue. But she's like tap, tap, tap. Tap tap tap. Mm, yeah, but yeah, I, I was just like, why, why does she know how to put this phone together? Or is she just trying? It doesn't make much sense. I, I would have preferred it probably if she was like, if she said like, I don't know, like I'm, a, I'm an electronics teacher, or like, just work yeah. it. She could be anything. I don't know, just like. Well, teachers very white middle class role in America, right? It's less yeah. so here. Yeah, so yeah. that's also why, because I think there's some. I think I'm probably giving too much to this film. Some mystery about why mm, she has been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And it is, she's a wealthy white woman, wealthyish mm-hmm. white woman. Why has she been kidnapped? What's going on? You know, is it. Yeah, because her husband's in real estate, scandal? isn't he? So yeah. it means to, you're meant to think it's that uh, she's a normie. So why is this going yeah. on? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So maybe that's why. It did annoy me at the start because she's dropping her kid off to get the school bus. I don't know how it works in America. So that's fine. Mummy, will you be a teacher when I go to school? Okay, right. You know, one line we've established, she's a teacher. Why the fuck is she then just wandering around? You know, I'm a teacher. My mornings are hectic as fuck. I'm running around everywhere trying to get the boys ready and getting out and getting to school on time for quarter past eight. And like, it's absolute chaos in this house. It must be nice to be a teacher in America, just strolling around. So, yeah, so she's just strolling around. And then also her son's school gets out at 1.45pm. Right. Soccer at 1.45, she said. How short is this kid's school? They, yes. How short is her? Does she only teach part-time? What is going on? I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was just like, this is bullshit. I was sat on the train frantically making notes from my phone. Like, this is bullshit. No school gets out at 1.45. Yeah, 
I mean, what does Chris Evans do as well? Like, why is he just yeah. like, it's a weekday, just flitting around on the beach, doing nothing. Is he at college? Does he have a job? Does he have rich <laughs> parents? Like, what is going on? And I was like, I'm thinking far too deeply about this film. Like, and they're just volunteering. Mm. They're putting some stuff for like a concert or something. Do you want to say on what? Like a Wednesday? Right, yeah, like, yeah. Do you know what it is, though? You're right. We should be thinking about this stuff, but that's the measure of a film sometimes, I think. When you get caught up in wanting to know these details, it's because the actual main film is not interesting you enough. So I think that's what's going on, because we've both done the same thing. It's like, why is this, and why is that, and who's that, and what's their backstory? Because we weren't captured enough by what was going on. Yes, very much so. Apologies if there's purring in the background. Oh, it's not a terrible noise, is it? (laughs) She just really loves Cellular. It's her favourite film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Speed was a good comparison. But it was also uh, another comparison that I think is worth making is Phone Booth. Because it yeah. came out the year after and was written by the same guy. Really? Well, initially. So talk about having an obsession, right? So he'd written Phone Booth. Yeah, which is... A lot grittier than this, well, one would so say. What I read was initially Cellular was really gritty. It was a dark script. Oh. And then Chris Morgan was brought in to punch it up and to give it like a facelift and make it yeah, like more hip and young and fun. And he's the guy who's behind the, most of the latter uh, Fast and Furious movies. Oh, okay. So you can oh, sort of see... Little, where, little stay there. Yeah. Link. So you can sort of see where that that tonal shift probably to, come yeah. in some of the gritty stuff maybe is the stay stuff and then some of the more like mm. fast and furious is chris evans driving around in various different cars doing skids and i mean i was about to say i actually quite like all the car stuff and then mm. you meant doing skids <laughs> i've made it sound less no no I, but it's fun i like i like the concept where like every time he stops to do something he then has to find a new car i think that's quite good fun because he yes, starts in his yeah. jeep doesn't he and then he gets the school like security car, yeah, which he smashes to sh- shit and get, and then eventually it gets uh, hit by a big truck, doesn't it, and exploded. Then he steals the douchebag arsehole lawyer's fancy car, brim brim car, yeah, shiny one, yeah. So I quite I quite that concept. I like that kind of keeps hopping and changing. I think that's quite good fun. Uh, with the cars, my favourite bit was well it's not really the cars I guess I just want to talk about it because it's possibly my favorite bit so mm-hmm. so Jessica calls him mm-hmm. he's like oh who are you this is a silly crank call ha 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 and then he is like getting threatened and takes it seriously and she's like help me help me you've got to help my son um and they're driving around I can't even remember what point of this it is but his phone starts to run out of battery mm-hmm. and my all-time favorite bit of this film I laughed out loud and skipped back a little bit <laughs> it's when she asked him on the phone. He's driving in a car. She's kidnapped. Have you got a charger? Yeah. And he goes, at my house, Jessica. Mm. I was like, I don't know why. This is my favourite. I full on on the train laughed out loud. Because I'm like, what? Like, I know you're in a stressful situation, Jessica. But I mean, seriously, this is 2004 as well. We don't just have portable chargers mm-hmm. around. Where do you think it is, Jessica? I was like, I'm fully on board with you, Ryan. There are a couple of funny deliveries. Like, he did his best, but the bit when... Um... He's in the school. He's trying to get to her son before a son whose name is. Do you remember the son's name? Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. I mean, what a joke. So he's running around school going, Ricky Martin, Ricky Martin, which to be fair is quite funny. 
really funny. And then when the kid gets, like, the kid gets pulled into a car, doesn't he? And he's with the security guy who's been following around the school, rightly so, because there's this weird guy yeah. in board shorts and a Martin. red shirt running around going, Ricky Martin, and going in classrooms. It's not okay. And then as the kid gets like bundled into the car, he's like, look, that boy's being kidnapped. <laughs> it's so awful. Poor Chris Evans. Like, There's no way to deliver that line at all. He gets so many shit lines. He does. Bless him. Just, everyone go and watch that bit on YouTube. It's so bad. <laughs> oh no! Stop that car, that boy. That I, the fact that he can just walk into that school mm. is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is wrong with this school, Jessica? You need to reevaluate why people can just walk into your kid's school. Right? Yeah. Although you know, if they're getting out at one forty-five, then you know, result. Yeah, and that's true, actually. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, honestly, maybe they've been hoping the whole time that he's going to get kidnapped. Maybe they're not, maybe. Too, not too keen on Ricky Martin. <laughs> and when she's like, we named him before the singer became mm. a thing. Nobody calls their kid Ricky. That, <laughs> like that's totally the names in this this film are the most blandest they really names are. I can yeah, think yeah. of. And it took me so long to realise Craig was not Greg. Oh right, the, the American the husband. Accent. Yeah, yeah, Craig. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Greg. In my all of my notes, it's Greg. And then some like Sonny changes to Craig. Oh yeah. <laughs> His name's actually Craig because he is the blandest American white man on earth. Mm-hmm. Is he Craig or Greg? Who, who cares? He's it's so true. Bland. I was very disappointed to learn the state's name as well when we do. What's his name? Oh, he, Ethan. Yeah, because he's this hard man. I like, you know, <laughs> I have a personal reason for why I don't want <laughs> yeah. him to be named uh Ethan. But also, you know I did. My head did play because Ethan to me is Mission Impossible. Just it is Ethan yeah, Hunt yeah. always. So I was like, oh yeah. It's it's just not it's not a threatening bad guy's name, is it? No. Ooh, no. like go on, do as you're told. <laughs> okay, Ethan. It's, it doesn't work. Like, yeah, it's quite a soft name, isn't it? It's got a nice if at the beginning. Yeah, mm. the hard bits there um, at the end. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's how boring this film is. This is how <laughs> this film is. <laughs> The action's all right, um, isn't it? So, like you said, the um, that that bit when he's like he realizes he's got to get a charger. We've had we've had a little bit of car stuff already, but that's when it sort of kicks up a notch, isn't it? So he drives the little, I don't know what you call it, like almost like a little smart car nowadays, but the little mm. like security car through a construction site and smashes it <laughs> up, and then parks in front of the mobile phone store, which have, has the title of the film "Cellular" on a does. sign. Yeah, love it. Get it See in there somewhere. But I think that stuff's done pretty well, like that car stuff. And then when he's racing around later on in the convertible, mm. all of that was pretty decent. They, they are the most interesting bits. And in, in even <laughs> the ending in the, well, no, we'll get to the ending. Even the ending I quite enjoyed. But the car mm. stuff for me, I was like, right, this is when I'm entertained. The rest of it, I just don't care. Anytime they cut back to the house with Jessica, mm. Uh, anytime like she was like trying to save her son or whatever I just don't care she was not compelling enough for me to care about her at all she's such a nothing character she's just blonde white woman in distress Mm. her only motivation is her child which I get to be fair but also it's because there's the mystery around it Mm -hmm. they try they try to use that to make it compelling because she's I'm nobody I'm nobody and it was just like it just doesn't it just doesn't work. So for me, it was all, I'm just going to sit here, enjoy the car chases, which were actually done pretty well. Mm. Um, and I thought, you know, Chris Evans driving around looking cute 
in fancy cars, I'm all right with that. Yeah. If he wants to join Fast and Furious, that sounds fabulous. To me. <laughs> they don't do enough with the with Ricky Martin, do they? And again, I think no, that makes sense considering when we find out who these people are, they probably mm. wouldn't spend a lot of time threatening children. But it, it doesn't. Yeah, I completely agree. Just like she's not compelling enough. So the thing they needed to bring in, because you're right, we don't care about generic dad either. The thing they need to bring in to, to give us some sense of caring is the kid. Mm. But I think that's where they write themselves into the corner by making the, the villains crap cops. So, oh my God, I cannot believe you just revealed the twist. Yeah, sorry everyone who hasn't seen Cellular. It's, fanta- it's a fantastic moment. Chris Evans finds <laughs> the... <laughs> Oh, age-old video camera, the super-old video camera mm. at the airport. Uh, also, oh no, no, it's, it's at the. Um, is it not the airport? We've had. That's when he finds out that they're cops. So he goes to meet the the dad at the oh, airport because yes. that's where he's in, sent in to code, Jessica or Jessica. They're going to meet, yeah. and that's when the state pulls out his badge. He goes, oh, "I'm a cop <laughs> from LA." So let's just get to it. Bridesmaids, right? We find out why he's he's allowed to be a cop in Bridesmaids. One mm-hmm, quick mm-hmm, line, he's mm-hmm. allowed to be a cop. It's got an Irish accent. Cop. Figure it out. Fine. <laughs> Can't believe I'm quoting Bridesmaids with this film. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there is no oh. way Jason Statham could be an LA cop. The script for this film is already insane. Just write a line in yeah, and let him use his accent. Mm. Or don't, or just, just like... Just don't make him do an accent. Just let us believe it as an audience that somehow they've let this guy be a cop in LA. At this point in his career, we're already just watching this film because he is who he is. Yeah, So we don't care. Like, And we've seen him try American, and we know it doesn't work. But I think maybe, I think this must be the last kind of vestiges of him trying on. I'm pretty sure he doesn't bother in transport too. That's what I was going to ask, because I've not watched ahead, because I'm trying to sort of do a mm. bit of a watch along. Is this the last time he does that accident? Yeah, I'm not sure until, like, same same as you, obviously, I'm watching uh, as we go. He definitely does in Transporter. Mm. I just feel like in yes, Transporter, yeah. too, everyone just kind of goes, fuck it, like, why bother? Like, yeah, everyone's here for fun. you now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. It's pointless, isn't it? Because then, because after this, he's got Transporter 2, Revolver, London, and he doesn't do any accents in Revolver or London. No. And then Crank. He doesn't, yeah, he's in, no, he's, he's yeah. safe in Crank. So, yeah, but hope, yeah hopefully I mean, this it's, is the end. It's so terrible in this film. As well. <laughs> the moment he has to put any sort of emotion into his acting, which is mostly anger, it mm. just goes. It just mm. completely drops out. So I'm like, he's just angry the whole time. So why <laughs> even like, why even try? What I, um, what I really liked is when Jessica was describing... Oh my god! How he looks to the hair. To, yeah, he's got <laughs> is in close-cropped hair. Oh, Jessica, has he? Bless. <laughs> That's very polite of you. Do you think the state's got so that line nice. written in? <laughs> yeah. She I can't describe me. He's bald. Close-cropped hair. I was like, hair. oh, crazy. My other favorite thing about his character is at the end when they're at the boardwalk and at the beach, Venice Beach, whatever, and everybody else is like. Board shorts, bikinis, mm. t-shirts, and he's in like this fucking giant leather <laughs> jacket and, and jeans. I think just like clearly sweating his yeah. balls off. <laughs> the look is far more important than uh, <laughs> comfort, obviously. Like, and you're a cop in LA. I know you're technically like off duty 
kidnapping people mm. but fit in you live there you know what people wear you're standing out more with your close cropped hair and your massive yeah. leather jacket <laughs> it's true oh i'm so funny they're all the bits that i really enjoyed well it's just just laughing at the randomness and the accent and the descriptions of him and mm. and some of the jokes land all right for me but also so he's this cop <laughs> he's, so you find out they're police officers we watch on a video that they shoot like a, ugh, a Mexican yeah, it's like a, drug gang. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's and it's been it's been filmed by Craig Greg. Um, and then he runs off just with the camera. I'm like, why does he film for so long? It's beyond me. But I'm also just like, is he a believable cop? Because he hears music on the phone, mm, right? Mm. So Kim Basinger's calling Chris Evans again. So the line's live the whole time for her, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And somebody pulls up and there's playing music. Oh, my God. And she keeps on hiding this phone in this raggedy pile of rags. Again, you're a cop. I'd be like, why are you here? By I know. This weird it bothered me every time he came in. Yeah. She's always like half crouched, like, yeah. don't catch me in the act. She's like, a, yeah. what are those animals that freeze? Like a possum. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And he doesn't question it ever. It's so weird. Question it. And then he hears the music, mm. tells her to shut up because he can hear, but then doesn't investigate it at all. The worst cop <laughs> ever and the worst kidnapper ever. Yeah. See, well, so yeah. incompetent. He's not just, a, you know, not just a plod on the on the beat. He's a detective. <laughs> so incompetent. It's awful, isn't it? Uh, I can't believe we've been actually talking about this film for this long. Mm-hmm. What jokes landed for you? Because the tone is something I definitely want to talk about. The tone is all over. I did enjoy Ricky Martin and I mm-hmm. hated myself for laughing at it. Uh, the I don't have a charge. I don't know if it was meant to be a joke, but it's the funniest line in the film because he's so annoyed and I mm. would be as well. I was like, come on. Um, what other jokes? <laughs> They're the only two that I can think of. I, li- I did like the... Uh, sort of the horrible lawyer mm. and he's his car gets towed and Chris Evans is just like around yeah. in the background running <laughs> behind <laughs> the car <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, and that's about it but the tone is a mess because well, bits like that are quite cartoony mm. which is fine if that's what you're going for I think the problem is is that it has this undercurrent of like really serious stuff like kidnapping mm. is serious like extortion is serious crap cops is serious like all of this it could have been more like um like prisoners that mm. the jake gyllenhaal and hugh Great jackman film. or like brie larson in room or like i'm not saying we need to go that far but if you change this up a little bit that's the sort of film you could be watching and i think perhaps that's what the writer was initially going for because i read that he was partly inspired by the la rampart scandal in 1999 so that was obviously all really serious and was you know, this idea of them being corrupt and doing criminal acts for their own benefit and really doing the kind of things you described to to people, that could have been a really interesting take on it. So it's it's one of those things that happens when things get script doctored, then it loses mm. its identity. Because at times I was like, this, this just doesn't sit well together when you've then got, yeah, Chris Evans, like a cartoon character hiding behind things we can see him in the background and that guy is really good as the lawyer because he is really fucking annoying yeah i hate him so much yeah me too so he's done the role as he's been asked but then that doesn't fit necessarily with other parts of it as well and it just feels like padding and i think that's really interesting what you said 
this film being gritty, being looking at like this terrible thing, this woman's been kidnapped, her and her family are being threatened. Um, the she's only got one contact with the outside world, and that happens to be a sort of layabout person. Or well, I, I think it could have worked really well if it was sort of like an older. Mm. older person William H Macy yeah exactly right and that's the only line and and make it more of a thriller or almost like a horror thriller Mm. no car chases trying to figure out we've got this new tech because it's about the technology as well we've got Mm. this new technology this mobile phone that you know is fantastic but it also has like all of these issues how do I then find clues to help this woman Mm. could have been so much more interesting than some weird quite violent stuff that happens threats to children mm-hmm. police corruption some funny car chases uh some weird jokes that don't fit and then a terrible boring shootout in a tiny space at the end oh that bit so yeah it's all play for laughs i think that's where it's wrong like even the bit we we're talking about before with um like the state has gone off to that they think they know they're going to where they where they're gonna you know it's the getting towards the final act and they're gonna get Chris Evans and they they're gonna uh, get the get the footage and stuff they're trying to find and Jessica's left alone just with that one guy and he comes up and yeah. starts threatening her and like feels like it might get a bit sex psychosexual and get a bit cringy and then she like we, I said earlier she cuts his artery in his arm and he's like what have you done to me bitch what have you done to me bitch I'm gonna talk to you about bitch in a minute um, hmm. and then he bleeds out. Even like again, like imagine that in the hands of like Denis Villeneuve or somebody, but it's played for laughs. It's really mm. weird. And this and the bit that that really told me that they didn't have a handle on the tone of this film was right at the end of that. And she's got out of the room, and the guy's lying on the floor, and he's beating out, and the camera holds and holds and holds, and he looks up one more time, and he goes, "Bitch," and then dies. <sighs> like it's so bad. It's so bad, and like. Because I sort of forgot when she cuts him, mm. I've only seen it twice before, why she doesn't go for the neck or anything like that. And then it's like, it's nice because she's been the damsel in distress the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then she uses her smarts and cuts him. But I hate that beforehand it's because she's in danger from being raped or from mm-hmm. being potentially sexual. And then afterwards it is him then calling her a bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like, this is actually quite a good moment for a female character that's been in distress the entire Agreed. time whose only motivation is her son which is annoying because you know women are more than that and like the threat to her own life maybe the sort of wider implications of things like it doesn't have to be that she has a child that she has to protect um and then it's just like women are just bitches right women are just there to be raped and to be bitches and be kidnapped so sort of like she uses her smarts but then she even uses her smarts afterwards in terms, I mean, I say that she rams a car into a building, mm-hmm. but, you know, she's trying to open it and she, she goes, this is what to do. Mm-hmm. Gets in, you know, gets in the car, rams it, tells him to go and hide, her son to go and hide because I'm going to ram it in. All of that sort of stuff. That's her being potentially clever. Mm. And it's just sort of like, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. She's just a bitch, right? And still needs needs a man to save her at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, not fully, does she? She saves the family. She saves the family, yeah. Yeah. But at the end, it's all like, thank you, Ryan. Yeah. And I'd also be like, uh, I just killed two guys. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> badass. Yeah, absolutely. Who's yeah. thanking me? 
the bitch count is off the charts. I was, Ugh. you know, when you go on IMDb trivia, sometimes it has like mm. weird little things about like there were three thousand and forty-seven fucks in this film. It's the most fucky film ever. I was really hoping somebody had done a bitch count because there were so many uses of that word in this movie. And it annoys me because I'm trying to reclaim bitch and bastard because I don't think they should be gendered. I think everybody mm-hmm. can be a dickhead, can be a bastard, can be a bitch, right? So I'm like, great, let's use them for everybody. I will call a man a bitch. And that tends mm-hmm. to annoy men, by the way. They don't tend to like that. I'd much mm-hmm. rather a bastard. Um, and so I'm like, it's great. And then I forget there was a time when bitch was the really big insult towards women. Mm. And you watch, because I don't think people use it that much anymore. No, And then true. you watch this and she's constantly being called a bitch. She is. Yeah. Like all the way throughout. No, every, every character. Yeah. Is that because it's the only swear word you're allowed to get? Mm. Or is it a symptom of the time or a mixture of both? Like, it's just really, it's not, it's not great. I don't enjoy it. No. And, and maybe I was a bit more hyper aware of it because I knew I was talking to you about it. Maybe if I'd just been watching it and it been on the background, I wouldn't have wouldn't have soaked it up. But it did tie into like some of the wider misogyny that is present in the film. Because mm-hmm. like the treatment of the girls on the on the boardwalk at the start. And... Oh, Chad is a chode. But we are in like entourage early two mm. thousands era, so I think it is symptomatic of the time as well. Mm. I think it's a bit of both, isn't it? And we do get Chris Evans with his top off, so you know. Yeah, I mean, we do get more semi-naked women than semi-naked men there's a bit but, of michael bay butt yeah. wiggling and stuff isn't there yeah there is a little bit too much and try to be framed by all oh, his pervy gross friend just mm. don't have the pervy gross friend in it just quite yeah he's not needed he mm. takes up too much time in this already short film mm. yeah yeah he was totally superfluous yeah maybe to like show it. that chris evans is not as bad as he could be <laughs> oh god he that's... could be chad he could be Yeah. Oh, the jokes about the nipples. I hated it so mm. Oh, yeah, much. yeah, about the friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Is it cold here? Yeah, and I hate that Chris Evans participated in it. Mm. And I know it wasn't his choice because it was in a film and it had been written. But I was like, come on, Chris, you're better than this. Oh, have a word. Nowadays, yeah. I'm sure he wouldn't. But um, <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, that's the early part of his career. He had no choice. Yeah. Oh dear. Yeah, it's just stuff like that that I just don't get about this film. What am I watching? What do you want me to watch? Mm. It's about five different films in one. Mm. It's interesting because obviously just before us we have the Italian job. Mm. And that has a little bit, mostly just from um Seth Green's character. Mm. But I would uh, Antonio and I call it out when we talk about that film, but I would say this being slightly later on i know it's only like a year or year i think but in terms of that kind of lads 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 look at women this is slightly worse yeah i agree so it's interesting that we're in this period where like we're kind of progressing slightly in terms of that but then you know i don't want to put it all at michael bay's feet but he wasn't helping things yeah it's definitely he's he i would say he's the main perpetrator yeah and entourage yeah. which you know um, yeah i did like when it first came out but when you try and rewatch it now it is it's it isn't completely unrewatchable because of the attitudes that are portrayed in that in that show yeah I've, I've not watched the show or the film kevin many years ago got drunk and watched the film and it's mm. the worst film he said he's ever seen in his whole entire life yeah i've never seen the film um, because i think i was yeah. over it by that point yeah and also this film as well I hate 
the comedy value is around William H. Macy's character and his mm. wife mm-hmm. wanting to open the day spa. Mm. And it's all very homophobic and... Yeah, he's he's called Pussy Whipped, isn't he? Yeah, and all of that sort of stuff. And I hate it. I'm just like... And also, you live in LA, so there's like, must be a million day spas. You know they must yeah. make a fortune, right? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful people live there. Yeah, and so absolutely. why are you mocking it and being like, oh, you'd be much like harder as a cop? Like, he's clearly an older guy cop. You can tell by his moustache yeah. and how sad he seems about the job. He's like, classic, this is my last day on the yeah, job. Yeah, hang dog. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just sort of like, really, why? Why are these jokes here? Why is this funny that mm. his wife is opening up a day spa and he wants to be involved in it? And and then we're mocking her by saying it's the not right type of blue. It's not the right type of face mask. I tell you what, people pay hundreds of pounds to have that face mask mm. on their face. It should be the right sort of face mask. Thank you very much. Just because it's for women, in quotations, Mark, doesn't mean you can mock it, you dickheads. Yeah, yeah. It's true. I think Macy's all right in it. I think he, he does just about enough to make his character believable. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not got a, he's got a thankless role, doesn't he? He has, but I think because he's William H. Macy, he brings some stuff to it. And actually, perhaps mm. his attitude in response to what you were just talking about is quite nice, isn't it? That he's he's not going along with a joke in order to be one of the guys. Mm. He's like, no, stop calling it. I can't remember what he keeps saying. It's a day spa. I can't remember what a beauty parlor, I think, the isn't it? Beauty parlor, yes. Yeah, he's like, no, it's not. It's a day, it's a day spa. But it's not done in like a derogatory towards beauty parlors either. It's just like, yeah. no, what I, you know, understand what I'm doing. And I think that ties yeah. into what you're saying. Like, we live in LA. Like, it'll be it'll be fine. Like, actually, I'm going to be minted probably. Yeah, <laughs> you carry on. Although you're all corrupt, so you probably are all minted. Yeah, true. <laughs> and even with even with I mean, I'm looking far too deep into this film now. Even with Chris Evans, you know, like young panicked white guy comes in saying he's got a woman on the phone. He takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like go up there and do it. It plays on his mind. He. He's concerned about what has happened to a female victim. Mm. He's not just, you know, because you see it when he talks to his boss or the lead guy. Um, yeah, it's a detective friend. Yeah. Yeah. And he uh, and he just dismisses it. He's like, mm. oh, no, whatever. I've got, you know, he he takes it seriously. He, and it could be a film where all of that is a joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it isn't, I'm thinking way too much about this film, which is very surface level. Yeah. It has but, no nuance. No, it doesn't at all. But I mean, that's okay. That's okay for us to look at it, <laughs> consider it away and say, like, we can call it out. There are some other funny, like, old school references, I thought, in terms of phones. Oh, my God. What is <laughs> the knock your advert that is this um, film. Oh, yeah. my God. I mean, the, the end credits the are some credits. of the worst things I've ever seen. But I love that <laughs> Chris Evans is like, stop wasting my minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that used to be great. a thing, to be fair. Like, yeah. I've only got a certain amount of minutes. Yeah. I forgot that minutes was a thing until he said that. Although it's not minutes if somebody calls you, is it? It's only if you call out. That's a good point, yeah. So, you know, get your get your old school modern technology right, please. Yeah. Somebody didn't understand how cell phones worked. I mean, pretty much everybody, I think, that worked on this song. <laughs> oh, the copying. The copying of the video oh, yeah, from the camcorder great. to his phone. What? Did you know that phones now have technology with a camera on it? Oh, yeah, great. So he's just filmed it. It's like me putting my phone up to the screen now and filming it. It's yeah, really good quality. Yeah, really good quality. And I'm sure that's legit evidence. Yeah. But, we know, but we know his film, his camera can film videos because he films the video of Jessica Beale. Yeah. In the beginning, you see, breadcrumbs. Yeah, yeah. Chekhov's, about it. Chekhov's mobile phone. 
Uh, my favourite extra in this mm. film is at the airport. So they've got Craig, Greg, mm-hmm. and the bad guys, and they're taking him out of the airport, and they smack his head on the car. Mm. Oh, and there's yeah, a woman yeah, yeah. in a pink jump in the background who looks and says, oh, weird. Yeah. Shakes her head and walks <laughs> off. <laughs> Fucking legendary. Yeah, it's great. Do you think that was um, an actual like extra? Do you think there's like a, a gorilla shot where it's somebody walking past and that somebody's been asked to do that? It's interesting. I clocked Either it way, too. genius. I, I loved how I was like, she is the best thing in this film. I'm you not know how anything about, about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just shake said, oh, LA, walks yeah. off. <laughs> it's like the women in, everyone went mad about the women in uh, uh, Multiverse of madness yeah the wedding woman i feel like she is my wedding woman yeah sure i was like this she's bringing it whether she's just a bystander or an extra spot on favorite and then we've got the cross wires which leads us which how we oh, got yes. there that but definitely that definitely was a thing back in the day i'm yes. not sure about mobile phones but it definitely was a thing wasn't it? you could get cross wires and that led us to the the lawyer guy did you know did you read about who that was originally going to be Oh, was it going to be the guy who's in Entourage who's really annoying? Jeremy Piven. Jeremy Piven. It wasn't. He would have done that role quite well. He is, actually, to be fair, yeah. It wasn't. They wanted Simon Cowell for a cameo. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. No. And he was up for it, but I think something with the scheduling didn't work out. Simon Cowell. Mm. So I can't. Wow. I mean, it's totally, it's already all over the place, but now he could have had Simon Cowell in it, too. Simon Cowell attempting to act. <laughs> I mean, I want to see it. He must. He has been in something, hasn't he? Like playing himself. I'm sure playing like a not himself, but playing like a you know like a reality panel judge. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure I've seen him in oh, in that be. somewhere. But like that guy is in it. The lawyer guy's in it quite a lot. Mm. Like, <laughs> Simon Cowell and expecting him to act for that amount of time. Mm. I wonder if it would have been is... a lot shorter if it had been him. Yeah, because they end up getting true, an actual yeah. actor in. And going, wow, you are a smarmy arsehole. Let's yeah. have you. Yeah. Wow, they probably maybe. just let him roll, run with it and then he was giving them gold, you know? Yeah, gosh. It makes you think about who he is in real life, bless him. Maybe he's mm. just a really good actor. Maybe. He has one of those punchable faces. <laughs> so punchable. It's so mean, isn't it? Mm. Not not if that's the role he's playing. That's, he's just doing And not if he well. knows it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because, you know, casting calls aren't generic man. It's, I yeah. want somebody who's got a punchable face to be yeah. a smarmy lawyer. And he's gone for it, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Are we going to talk about the shootout at the end? Yeah, let's do it. I don't, where to even... Right, so let's talk about... I was just looking up, before you get into it, Yeah. I was, we, keep, we keep saying LA and LA and LA. I think whether this is different, we're both two British people. It's Santa Monica, which is California. Okay. I have no idea. Yeah. Same, same? I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. He goes to, it's because he goes to LAX that made me think it was LA. Yeah. And isn't... But maybe Santa Monica, is that an area of LA? Here you go. Beachfront City in Western Los Angeles. All right. Good. So, so not completely wrong. No, we were completely right, in fact. <laughs> I'm so good with geography. I'm the best. Um, yes, tell us about this wonderful location they picked for the oh, for the finale. God. This this, the... Ex, this expansive movie where it's been all over <laughs> Santa Monica and LA to the airport on the beach. All these lovely, like wide open, 
blue sky spaces. He's gone up levels. I think the leveling in it's quite good because sometimes he has to yeah. go up to the tops of buildings and he has to do that thing that everyone's always wanted to do. When you always see them, those building site tubes where they chuck yes. the rubbish down. All Edmund wants to do is go and jump in there and see if that's a cool slide. I did like that Friction a burns, lot. I imagine, but he gets to do Friction that. Friction burns. But also it just reminds me of the old public information films we had over here mm. in the UK about everything kills you. Kids, <laughs> and they used to like show them in schools and on TV yeah. and be like, don't throw a, vis- a frisbee near electricity because you mm. will die. Don't go near water. You will die. Don't look at a tree. You will die. <laughs> like it just reminded me of those. I'm sure there's one of that on a construction site. Don't go down a little tube because you will die. Um, but yeah, I mean, I totally want to go down with yeah, that. That looks, looks cool, like great it? fun. Yeah. Um, so anyway, sorry. <laughs> the fact that this really open movie, and then for the finale, they go to the pier. Mm. Uh, Chris Evans got fantastic. Ryan's got a fantastic fat, fat plan. To be fair, mm-hmm. which is when he calls their bluff and is like, "Yeah, I've got the evidence. You call me back, asshole," and puts it down. Fantastic, especially when he's like, "Shit, what have I just done?" <laughs> the staff is like. Oh god, this guy, he's tricked me because I'm a terrible cop who's not very smart and calls him back and goes, Yeah, right, let's meet. They meet at the pier. Uh, he puts his hood up for some reason to be incognito. Yeah. Ryan does. Weird. It's like Again. the Marvel style cap, which I know yeah. you guys were talking about in the last Ms. Marvel. Episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm in disguise, nobody can recognize me. <laughs> on a hot beach on a yeah. pier, <laughs> got a hoodie on. Sure. Um also, if you read the Wikipedia, it mm. says that at the pier, Ryan in disguise. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, so then there's this whole, can you see him? He's on the phone. Oh, see him. Got him, got him. And then they capture him. He tells Jessica Beale, you're nothing to me. And she Gosh. looks really offended for no apparent reason. <laughs> um, but she's already And then, him. yeah, <laughs> Ryan jumps off the pier, comes out in the water, I mean, that, he should have taken his top off for that. Agreed. I'm so disappointed that they didn't. That's bullshit. Um, and then finds, I guess it's like a boat shed? Yeah, yeah. A boat, boat shed. shed. Yeah. yeah. A boat shed. And uh, bad guys, boop, 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 Tanner and... Is he called Tanner? The bad guy? The main bad guy? The guy yeah. from the Americans? Yeah, the detective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the detective, yeah. yeah. And uh, Ethan, Ethan, Jason Statham. Follow his little footsteps do, 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 in the sand to the boathouse. William H. Macy comes in as well because he he figures it all out because radios, because these mm-hmm. are literally the worst cops ever. Yep. So head bad guy, detective, over radios, which everybody in this crowded vicinity <laughs> can hear goes, we found him. He's in the thing. He's in the boathouse. We're going to kill him. William H. Macy goes, hmm, that's yeah. pretty suspicious. Prissy yeah. whips, William H. Macy. Uh, and so they all go to the boathouse and then there's the longest shootout for the smallest space mm-hmm. in the whole entire world like it's it's probably smaller than my living room yeah it's awful and yet somehow i swear to god it goes on for about 25 minutes it's like um i know what we did last summer yes which is fine for a little you know it's meant to be a claustrophobic horror movie space but yeah it's so weird it's such a weird choice and, and when you want to do the kind of John Woo stuff, which they do do. William do H. Macy they? gets yeah, William H. Macy jumps through the air firing his gun, doesn't he? <laughs> to shoot the state. That's, that's so sweet. I mean, the state who's defeated by a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, this film, beautiful. Well, yeah, those exactly. threads coming together. Um yeah, it's awful. It's so bad. I mean, you get to see, as you said, you get Evans and Stace together for a little bit, which is great. Stace kicks America's ass all over the yeah. 
all over Does the boat he shed. has like a lovely little twinkle in his eye at some bits like mm. the bit when so yeah so there's all, like all the fighty fighty as tony would say um and shooty 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 you can claim that one yeah and the staff and william h macy can't remember anybody's names tells uh staff to turn around and a move from the staff clocks there's a little light above him mm. So I was still holding his gun. William H. Macy's first rule wasn't get rid of the gun that the bad guy's holding. Yeah. It was like, no, turn around so and let it, me let yeah. you. And he goes, shoots out, the, shoots out the light. Oh, my God, drama, everybody, because it's now dark. The one light in the boat <laughs> yeah. shed has gone out. It's pretty powerful, though, wasn't it? It created a lot of light in there. <laughs> and, and they do all this sneaking around, sneaky, sneaky, in the smallest boat shed in the world. It's like the... the it's so small and they try to make it like the huge basement layout in Elm Street, which is like mm. really big, sneaky, sneaky, sneaking around, sneaking around. Uh, uh, uh. And then Chris Evans clocks <gasps> somehow in the dark because the light's gone out that the staff is going to shoot William H. Mm. Macy from behind. I mean, oh, because Chris Evans hurt his knee. All he gets, this shit, he, he's been shot. exploding. Oh, I thought he just like twisted his knee. No, he gets shot. I like driving all these cars, smashing things up, there's explosions, going down a construction site and twists his knee. That's why he gets shot. shot. Okay, sorry. I take that back. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) he sees it and he's like, oh, I've got your number because earlier that little breadcrumb. Yeah, lovely little breadcrumb from earlier. Got your number. And rings Jason Statham's cell phone. So William H. Macy can almost, like a computer game, go... He dies through the air in yeah. slow mo. It's, it's yeah. a powerful moment. It's a beautiful moment. Mm. And but just before, just before he shoots the staff, it's a beautiful moment. The staff looks at Chris Evans. He's got a little twinkle in his eye, like, nice move. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. And I really liked it. I was like, the staff's bringing it. He's gone, fuck it. This film is a shit show. Yeah. I'm going to have a lovely, cute little twinkle in my eye. I don't think and he be cares. like a nice one. I spoke about it with Mike and Megan when we were doing um, Collateral in the episode before this I think he just loves his life why wouldn't I he? think he does and that's why I like him as yeah. a, well let's talk about him in general maybe in a little bit after we talk about this film yeah I mean why wouldn't he like and even in this film like even if it is a big pile of shite like he's having a good time he's getting paid yeah. good money he's living in LA he's hanging out with Jessica Biel and Chris Evans happy days yeah. he always and that's what I like about him as an actor let's just talk about it now because that's what I'm doing I feel he he knows his limitations and I don't mm-hmm. mean that in mm-hmm. a bad way I mean actually I'm going to do it better he knows what he's good at mm-hmm. he's he's so smart he's so smart in his career he knows what he is good at and I have so much respect for that he's incredibly competent which we all know is one of my favorite things mm-hmm. and he's good at what he does and he knows it and I just love that he embraces that mm-hmm. and he's not afraid to own it as we see in Spy which is why it's his favorite performance for me because yeah. he's funny he's sweet he's cute he's hard he's stupid he's self-knowing but in all the best ways to wrap up into his character and I love yeah. it and I love that he just embraces that and I love that he just is like I feel and he is probably more strategic than this I think especially later in his career I feel like he just goes this is going to be a fun role it may do something for my career. I'm mm. going to go and do it. Mm-hmm. And I just love that attitude. And he's just, whenever you see him in interviews, he's just him. Mm. Like, I don't think he's got any affectations apart from the accent issue. Um, you know, I think he's just like, I'm just rolling with it. This is awesome. I'm having a grand old time. I was a model. I was like a dancer. I, 
I did all this martial arts, all these amazing skills, and now I get to do all of it mm. and have a grand old time. Yeah, yeah. And earn a load of money. Yeah. And go to cool locations and do cool things. Does like you can see, and you've talked about this in so many of the episodes, so I'm just repeating it. You can see how he, you know, he does this, he does his stunts, he does his things himself. He is good at it. Mm. He just fucking embraces it. I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you know, I have said it before, but I'll probably end up saying it in a lot of episodes, he's our last true action hero. Yeah, I really believe absolutely. it. We have got Scott Atkins, but in terms of like mainstream A-list, mm-hmm. he's the one. And I can see why Stallone gave him the call. I need mm. a number two for Expendables and you're my guy. I need somebody younger and fresher to, to act alongside all, all of the mm. old school actors. And you can also see why the Fast franchise, mm. we've called in The Rock, we've called in Dwayne and he made a big difference. We now need somebody that's going to do it again. That's going to elevate us up again. So they called the state. He's the only mm. other person you can call. So it makes sense that these two big muscular franchises needed him. Mm. And he's made both of them. Well, I mean, Expendables, he was in from the first one, but he brings something to the Expendables that nobody else could. And he has elevated the fast franchise again to the point that he gets his own spin-off mm. because everybody wanted to watch him and, the Rock, the state in The Rock. I know he's not The Rock anymore, but I like calling him The Rock. <laughs> Much more than they want to watch Vin Diesel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd watch, I'd watch the staff and anything. I mean, it does help. That, I mean, I know M doesn't think so, that he is good looking, mm. um, you know, despite his, his close cropped hair. Yeah. Which doesn't seem to do it for many people, but I'm happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can't even remember what we're talking about now. I'll just start repeating what everybody else has said about Jason. No, Statham. well, we have to talk about this at some point. This is that's what the whole show is about. And you know, yeah. one day if he ever gets to hear any of these, you can hear each of us wax lyrical about how much we like him. I think that's why I don't like him as the villain in this film. I think mm. we've had the transporter, and you know, even in some of his other films, he is sort of villainous. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think he suits being a villain. Mm-hmm. I think he suits being more sort of like the slightly gruff but kind-hearted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. action guy because he is very charming and he is very charismatic. And it, that is, for me, why I don't 100% think he works in mm-hmm. this. I would like to see... It, there's nothing wrong with having a charismatic bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they'd allowed him to be... A bit yeah, more yeah, like yeah. that scene, like the little cheeky twinkles in his eye that he has sometimes throughout this film. Why didn't they let him be a bit more like that? I would have really enjoyed that. Mm. And you know, Tony, I wonder in his career how this fits when we look at all the films mm. outside. Like it for me, it's a bit of a blip being him being a bad guy in this. Mm-hmm. But I don't also don't know if that's just because I'm quite looking back at his career and the films of his that I like that I'm being nostalgic about as well, yeah. maybe. Well, he doesn't really do it again until the Fast franchise. Mm. So perhaps he felt like it wasn't a good fit either. At mm. the end of the day, I think most of us are our formative years, right? What forms us as a person? We change, of course, as we get older, but there's that kernel inside us. And he is the Chico Chappie who, mm. so, who was found selling perfumes and stuff on, on the street corner. And he got a role written from him in Lockstock. And then he had charisma. So then he got used that cleverly, as you said, wise choices, good agent, owning who he is, he used that. But he's always going to come back to being that guy. Mm. He's that cheeky chappy where he started with Guy Ritchie. And I think maybe that, mm. so I think I'm backing up with saying maybe that's why it doesn't quite work for you here. Mm. Yeah, nice. 
So this was directed by David R. Ellis. What else has he done? He did Final Destination 2 or 3, maybe. Oh, all right. So he's done, he's done a couple of Final Destinations, and he did Snakes on a Plane. Oh, which, I'm sorry, is a classic. But again, which now, which when you think of it in that way, sadly he's passed, I think, David R. Ellis, oh. but that makes sense in terms of the tone. Mm, looking at yes. that, looking at those kind of, you know, the final destinations are just having fun with the concept. Yeah. Takes yeah. the plans having fun with the concept. Yeah, final destination two. Oh, and the final destination. I, I feel like he could have done much more with this film then. Mm. But like if he'd been allowed to go straight sort of madcap action comedy. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it, that's just the problem with the tone, isn't it? That it's just... It's two films. It is two films, yeah. Mushed together. Mm. There is a Final Destination reference, though. So this is in the Final Destination verse. When at the airport, the flight number is called out, which is really? cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Which oh, I assume he's chucked in there. I'm that's quite very good fun. pleased with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's quite, that's quite nice. And obviously, I guess, I don't know, maybe now I'm reading way too much into it, but the, um, the truck coming in, wiping out the car, it's kind of reminiscent of the bus. Actually, that's a really good point, yeah. In Final Destination. But but definitely the um the flight number for the Final Destination crash is is called out. I really like that. That that appeals to little geeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all like those little things, don't we? Uh, if there are any big fans of this movie, there must be some out there. I mean, I like it enough. It's all right. It's watchable. It's yeah, it's watchable. I, it, I had a two and a half hour train journey yeah. with a change in between and it kept me entertained yeah. for 80 something minutes of it. Absolutely. Although would... not the end credits, which no. I was determined to watch just in case. And I was like, fucking hell, is this ever going to win? Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? So it keeps taking moments from the movie, doesn't it? And then zooming in on the phone screen and having like directed by David Arena starring. Yeah, it's really bad. It. Um, but yeah, if there are any big fans, you can actually watch this in four other languages and four other formats. I don't know if you know about this. It's one of those films that somehow has got into the zeitgeist and it's been remade four times. Oh my God. Do you want to hear the list? Yeah, I do. All right. So Bollywood remade it in 2007 as Amazing. Speed. No. Yeah, called Speed. <laughs> the Malayam, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that, M A L A Y A L A M. So, Mal- Mal- so that's that Malay. Would that be Malay? Malay- it's it's another it's another form of Indian cinema. Okay. They also remade it in two thousand seven and called it Hello. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that is amazing. The, the one, <laughs> the one that's most. I mean, I'm sure they don't say it like that, but the one that's most celebrated is the Hong Kong version from two thousand eight, and that's called Connected. And most okay. people say it's actually better than cellular i mean not hard yeah sure and then in 2009 tollywood which i had to look it up if i'm honest which is another type of indian cinema remade it called rick rick speed hello connected rick (laughs) so you could spend a lot of your time watching cellular if you chase it i mean i want to watch the hong kong remake to be fair yeah can that was what one was that? That wasn't Hello, Connected, was it? that's called. Connected. Mm. I wonder if I can force Kevin to watch that with me. Do it. 
just don't tell him just put it on I've got this really good film I've heard really good things about it well we seem to be doing Nick Cage so I'll just pretend Nick Cage is in it yeah everything's <laughs> better with Nick Cage in it to be <laughs> wow hello is my favourite hello in my head that's how they say it and I will not hear anything different <laughs> it doesn't quite have the action hero tone to it does it oh it's so shame. good I'm just looking at the post as well and so the top four billings mm. so it's Kim Basinger Chris Evans and then Jason Statham mm. and then William H Macy see like he's obviously getting yeah a, a name and he is a draw yeah and in fact he's like he's got a bigger pit picture on the post than Chris Evans does. he does doesn't he yeah he to be like running down an empty highway his big so close cropped head <laughs> is front and center on that poster <laughs> So I do wonder if people, you know, I I was here for Chris Evans. I wonder if people were here for Jason Statham. I think by this point they probably are. I think the transporter mm. blew up, didn't it? Mm. And that's the reason why that's the first film that he is in that gets a sequel that becomes a franchise. Mm. I think he has become a draw by this point. Nice. Interesting. Hmm. Now just reading the Wikipedia page, which I probably should have done <laughs> before we start talking. So it costs 25 million, which is pretty reasonable i think yeah it's not i bad. think they've done well for their budget but i reckon it yeah, ran out by the end the, yeah and with all, while they're in a and boat with house. all of the car driving mm. maybe that's what i was in the boathouse spent all their money on the cars and like yeah. block it, blocking off roads yeah to do all the action scenes yeah maybe they're like oh shit we're just boathouse yeah <laughs> and it but and also a set boathouse because it looks really poorly yeah. lit yeah it made 57.7 million so Actually, in terms of his career, this is still, I would say, a success. Is that box office? Yeah, box office so worldwide. went yeah. to see this? They did, yeah. Interesting. So okay. looking at his films up to this date, so Collateral, which we can't really count as his, but he is in it. That made the most at 220. Italian Job made 176. Snatch made 83. And the one made 72. So this is, of his 10, this is the fifth most successful film mm. so far of his career. So it did outperform The Transporter, box office-wise. Mm. Oh, really? Wow. Mm. Okay. It's not what I would have expected. No. So, you know, it, for all the flaws we pointed out, and the perhaps not miscasting, but perhaps it's not quite the right role for him, it clearly mm. has been another important step on his in his career. And, mm. um, you know... Good on him. I just think, good on him. Yeah. Like, audition for it, got it. It's like, let's go do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love an actor like that. I think you talked about that with Tony, didn't you? About, you know, actors that just sort of show up and do their job and do it well. Done? Yeah, yeah. If I was in issues, I'd be loving my life too. Yeah, exactly. Right? Nice. All right, let's see what a couple of people on Letterboxd have to say. Josh Lewis says this is a very lean and satisfying gimmick thriller with real with a real dark sense of humor and cynicism about its absurd situational premise. There's a bunch of reliable actors capable of elevating their brief screen time, including a showdown I never knew I always wanted. William H. Macy versus Statham. And that distinctly vulgar popcorn commercial style of the mid 2000s. Fun. There's an exclamation mark, so that's why I put that emphasis on there for him. He's he's gone with the film, yeah. and I have respect for that. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to sit and be there for the ride. And he was like, "Shoot out William H Macy, Jason Statham, 
absolutely it. sounds great i'm swearing loads i don't know i think it's because it's the middle of the day i don't normally get to swear in the middle of the day because i do <laughs> I'm apologize just embracing it uh, yeah. it's an explicit podcast Fuck You've not people that don't all, like it's it. just been me <laughs> um jordan beaumont anderson the name is nearly as long as the review says <laughs> a nearly perfect example of the endangered mid-budget thriller sturdy propulsive and dumber than a puppy I actually think that is pretty spot on. They don't make films like this anymore. They don't. To be fair, we would never watch a film like this that was made now. No. At all. And I think, give it credit for that, there was a wonderful time in the 2000s where we did just get to watch pretty, run-of-the-mill, mediocre action films. Mm-hmm. And that was actually pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just need that. As you said, you were on a train. You needed to fill that time. Yeah. You had that break in between. So an 84-minute film that she knew was going to get broken so you don't want to watch something you don't want to watch Arrival you can't interrupt that film part way through because the, the, the flow is gone I don't know why I went with Arrival it's not a comparison cellular at all the best films ever made agreed but it's not it's not a comparison point it's for cellular both about communication true yeah that's obviously what it was yeah yeah <laughs> um, this name is magnificent and I'm jealous Tim McCop <laughs> They say this is extremely 2004 in both fashion and musical choices. And this is probably the only point in time where Hollywood could have possibly attempted to turn Bill Macy into an action star. One of the rare villain roles for Statham and the only time in his career that I've ever seen where he is not speaking with his trademark English accent. Although what accent he is doing is indecipherable, seemingly drifting in and out of New York and Southern. That last line is so sitcom level corny that it's actually endearing. What is his last line? Not his last line, sorry, the last line of the movie. Oh, right. And I think it does have sitcom-y moments in it. Mm. That's a good shout. The last mm. line is the bit when um, Jessica mm. comes up to Rick. Is his name Rick? No, Ryan. Ryan. Rick is the name of the remake. I and need to go and watch son, Rick. Ricky Martin. Oh, yeah, of course it is. Oh, so that film's named after Ricky Martin. Right, yeah. Even better. So, um, yeah, she comes up to him, doesn't she, and says, like, I'm not sure I can ever thank you enough in my breathless voice. And he's like, what does he say? He's like, um, don't ever call me again. Yeah, like, yeah, that's it. That's the last line. And, isn't and it? she's like, is there anything I can do for you? Yeah, don't ever call me again. Yeah, <laughs> like, hilarious. You could, I don't know, take me out for dinner. I don't yeah, know. right. Like... Yeah. Pay for my phone bill. <laughs> yeah. Get my yeah. car, which has probably been towed. Pay for that. Um... He's definitely run out of those minutes, isn't he? Mm. It was like I've been shot in, shot in the leg. No, but ha ha. Oh, yeah, pay for my hospital bills because you've yeah. got to pay for all that shit out in America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. God, Jessica, you're clearly wealthy. Yeah, absolutely. And then good old Lou, who I'm going to track down and get on the podcast at some point. He says, This has got to be the fifth or sixth time I've seen this movie. Lou. <laughs> fifth or sixth <laughs> time. I love you, Lou. Wow. See, your boy Lou was obsessed with this movie in high school, partly because my friend and I were big Chris Evans fans, semi-ironically at the time, now fully unironic, and partly because we thought this movie had a so bad it's good quality. Turns out it's mostly just regular bad, although the movie's insistence on treating shitty Nokia cell phones like the cutting-edge technology is still good for more than a few unintended laughs. At one point, Evans has to deliver the line, did you know my phone remembers the last 50 incoming calls? In a tough voice. <laughs> Weirdly, given that the plot revolves around cell phones and a video of cops killing unarmed minorities, it would actually be more relevant now than it was a decade ago. Good I point. love it. Yeah, good point. 
I love it when Statham plays a character who has clearly lived in America for a long time. In Cellular, he plays an LAPD detective, but doesn't bother hiding his English accent for even a second. It implies some weird backstory where he moved here as an adolescent and refused to assimilate. <laughs> this is a whatever role for Statham, although he's genuinely terrifying, especially compared to everyone around him. There's a great fight scene with him and Evans, where Evans mostly just goes, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and gets punched <laughs> in the face. So there you go, Lou. You definitely watched the same film as us. Lou, that's brilliant. I love being like this backstory where he refused to assimilate. That's my favorite. It's got to be true. It's right along the lines of what you were saying before. <laughs> we need it in the. We need it in a movie somewhere. Oh, that's so good. Oh, it's made me really happy. Good. Any last thoughts before you give me your personal rating? <sighs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. What else is it? <laughs> I'm annoyed. Like, I, I'm annoyed they didn't change the name of the movie. What do you think it should have been called? Well, if Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, why is this not called Mobile Phone? Oh yeah, that is true. We don't have cellulars here, people. Why? We well, why are we fools to work out what that means? Yeah, that's a good point. It needs to be changed. Over, like, if Americans can't cope with looking up the word philosopher, couldn't say that for a second. You have to really try hard to get that word out. If they can't look up that word. We should be forced to look up the word cellular. It's disgusting. I agree. And is it, there's another film now called Cellular, isn't there? Oh, is there? I think so. Maybe not. I've probably made that About up. phones again. <laughs> so, I mean, that it was the, this can't have been one of the first films that did the whole mobile phone thing, like roving technology style stuff that then we, we then start to get like with the found footage or or the ones which are all like filmed on phones or laptops or whatever. This can't uh, it's be probably, it's probably in that first Do you reckon? wave, mustn't it? In 2004. Yeah, I reckon. When we all started to get a bit scared of technology. Well, old people started to get scared hmm. of technology. Like what can technology do? And this shows that technology can do good things. It does. Yeah. And you can film other footage. <laughs> You could get phone calls from people in distress and oh, save sorry. them. Oh, sorry. Good point, yeah. Honestly, there, there is actually one more thing. Mm. Just having a quick look at my notes. Did you notice at the very beginning, and I don't know what film came out first. Hold on. There is a right Dave Fincher panic room shot. Oh, lovely. Going through the house. So panic room came out in 2002, so this came out afterwards. So at the very beginning... Um, when they're going into Jessica's house, mm-hmm. there's it's like proper panic room, like moving oh, through the it? house and the walls I'll and go through back. the window and the door. Yeah. So after she's dropped thought, Ricky Martin off at the bus? I think so, yeah. And she goes back in and she's talking to the housekeeper yeah. and then yeah. you know they're rich with the housekeeper. Off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, wow, which film came first? This mm, or Panic Room? Out. And this is like, what I like about this movie actually is that's like three minutes in. It's like a yeah. 90 seconds of like dropping a kid off. 60 seconds of talking to a housekeeper and it's like, bang, let's go. The movie's on. Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't mess about, yeah. No. Uh, what a film. We won't be watching it again. Um, so on, with that note, for you within the state filmography, remember, is this yeah. a classic worth catching or a completest only movie? Completest only. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What's the middle? Worth catching. I love that noise, by the way, as you were thinking about it. <laughs> oh, no, a, com- a completist. Yeah. For, for the staff, the completist. Yeah. If this was a Chris Evans filmography, yeah. this would be worth catching. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it was watched crappy films from the 2000s, early 2000s, yeah. But it, he does, it's nothing for him. Like, he could be somebody else in this in this role. I'm yeah. pleased yeah, he's yeah. not. Yeah. But it could be anybody. Yeah. And he brings something better than the other renter thugs in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's not essential staff viewing. No, all. okay. No, that's totally fair, Shout. In terms of my, my tick list, he obviously gets killed in this movie, sadly, by William H. Macy from his diving. Or by technology. By both, you're quite right. But he doesn't get a snog. He doesn't get a shag. And we don't get to see his fit body. We just get Chris Evans's fit body. Instead, as you said, he's covered in coats and black. and <laughs> So weird. We could have had like a topless fight between the two, and that would have been. Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we needed. Chris Evans coming out to sea, and then Seth going like, "I'm not having that. Look <laughs> my body too." And they could have like a oiled up macho wrestling fight in the. Where would they get the oil from? Oh, like um, they're in the boathouse. Boat, from boathouse, exactly. Yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, oh. some like black like boat oil for the. So a bit like the transport. Maybe he didn't want to do that. It's too much like the transport. Yeah, he's already done it. That's true. That is true. I'm going to go away now and just think about that. Fair <laughs> <laughs> enough. Enjoy your day. Just um, before you go off to uh, have a nice, lovely little daydream, <laughs> what have you got coming up that people can listen to? This is due out around the end of August, I think. Okay, so what have I got coming up? Oh, my God, this is actually have to think about what I'm doing. So very soon I am recording a new Femme on Film episode with Mikey and Megan, which will be about uh, Sophia Coppola's Marie Antoinette, mm. which is going to be excellent. I'm really looking forward to that. Never seen that. Have you not? No. So I will watch oh, it. Wow. Thanks for the excuse. It. Yeah, lovely. Um, so we'll be talking about that, which is very exciting. Hopefully coming up, although probably not anytime soon, maybe around this time as well for Femme Film. The lovely Ada, who I recorded mm-hmm. with Tony with for Saga, and she came on Ms. Marvel's Musings. We are going to start talking about Dickinson, so the Apple TV mm. show Dickinson about Emily Dickinson, which is really exciting. Obviously, Pop Grillers, go back and listen to our summer blockbuster season, which... That's some highs both, and lows, eh? Had, yeah. I had a lot of highs, which was fantastic. And I don't know what else I've got coming up, I don't know. Just come check me out at Femon Film Pod at Rhea Carrigan. Done. Lovely. Thanks again for coming on. It's been a lot of fun talking about cellular. Mobile phone, as I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> and thank you, everyone else, for listening and partaking in this journey with me through the Safe Filmography. That was Cellular. And next up in a fortnight is Transporter 2, which is going to be followed by London. For anyone mm-hmm. that is watching along. I've been I'm Jax Musings, and that's J-A-C-S, and you can find me on Twitter where I'm most active. You can also contact the show directly on Twitter under the name Back to the Film Og. Make sure you use the hashtag Follow the Filmography. This show has been presented to you by The Pop Grillers, a collection of hive minds who provide spoiler-free reviews of anything from pop culture in less time than it takes to listen to a song. I'm also a proud member of the Comics Emotion family, a super place full of the world's greatest people, dedicated to bringing you podcasts on a variety of geeky topics. So please make sure you take the time to search, subscribe, and rate our shows whenever and wherever you listen. Until next time, be excellent to each other and make sure you take the time to treat yourself too. I am Jack signing off. Yippee-ki-yay, movie lovers.
cut.